just talk about fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. Hello. Oh, hey. Oh, Ross. Hi. Yeah. This time, what did we do? Got in a boatload of trouble. Hey. Was... There's something about Mary. <laughs> there you go. Thank there you. you go. Thank You're you. You're doing almost okay. <laughs> it was a titanic disappointment, but it wasn't. It was great. No. But that's the only kind thing people of. ever say titanic about. Right. No one ever says it was, <laughs> it was a titanic joy. Why would they say that? Well, because it means huge. Sure. You stupid. What I love is that finally we have ourselves an honest-to-goodness paranormal investigation. Aboard the... Queen Mary. Queen Mary. The RMS Queen Mary. The Ship of Dreams. Is number it called two. That? No, that's, that's the Titanic. Oh, okay. We went on the Queen Mary, the Queen which Mary. is a famous boat, and it's supposed to be haunted. It is moored in the Long Beach Harbor, Harbor. and it's been sitting there for many years now, so it is no longer active duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be haunted and so well-known. Uh, a site of paranormal activity. So we've been wanting to visit it for a while now. Mm-hmm. and Because looked... people talk about it a lot, how it's haunted. Yeah, they do. And people have been wanting us to do a ghost investigation for the show. Yep. I've always been interested in ghosts, kind of my entry points into the whole world of interest in the paranormal and yeah. outside the realm of the usual. I've always liked ghost hunting shows and stuff, but... I don't know. I never feel like they catch the best stuff on film. You hear about the oh, best stuff and sure. they're like, and then on film we caught like a funny noise. Which so, is telling. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I have short patience for that. You know, you think I'd really be into those ghost hunting shows, but they really do all feel the same to me. Yeah. You know, I can watch one for a while and be like, all right, this is kind of entertaining people scaring themselves in the dark. And then after a while, it's like, all right. I saw one, yeah, I think it was called Ghost Chicks, I want to say, and it was a Canadian show of all women ghost hunters, and it was the most boring thing I've ever seen. They visited a haunted theater, and basically all four of them would just, like, hide behind each other and be like, I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> and then they get to commercial and then come back and be like, oh, God, what was that? And that was like the whole show. Would they be using equipment or were they all intuitives? I don't remember. But you got the feeling they were sort of thrown together by a producer. Got anyway, it. you so, should watch that. So we thought, all right, let's go to this haunted location. And mm-hmm. they have haunted tours, paranormal tours. Yeah. So what did we sign up for? Well, we went on Groupon because we like to save our listeners money. That's right. And we found Carrie a, said, I found a deal. I found a paranormal tour. And like instead of, you know, 40, 50 bucks, it was like 20 each. Yeah. And it was called the Paranormal Shipwalk. And we said, well, that's for us. Yeah. We, we investigate w- claims of the paranormal. And then we could walk the and ship we can walk. and see the paranormal. Mm-hmm. It was just a paranormal people mm-hmm. who wanted to go see something unusual. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. Thank clap. you. So we went. We had a pretty nice time. This tour guide came by. He looked to me like Ed Helms, the comedian from The Office and Mm -hmm. The Hangover, Mm -hmm. which made it a little hard to take him seriously as he's talking about all these things. Well, he also had a joking demeanor, I'd say. Sure. Yeah, that's true. It was kind of casual. So he gathered all of us together. About how many people were in that group? Uh, Eh, 25-ish. Yeah. Started showing us around the ship. There was a long kind of history portion. One particularly interesting moment was that he asked if there were any skeptics oh, right. in the crowd. And by that, I assume he meant people who don't already believe this stuff. Right. You know, we go into 
kind of observation mode usually on these things. So I didn't raise my hand. And one woman did. And mm-hmm. I think she was kind of singled out. And we felt bad for her. Yeah, I know. Because then he was like, okay, I just want to say keep an open mind and just sort of sort of. He said skeptics are people too. Yeah. <laughs> like, gave her sort of a monologue for a couple that's sweet. minutes. Yeah, then we like started going through the ship and he told us about a guy who had died on board and like just sort of little factoids. Yeah, this was the tour of hearing about other people's tours. Yeah, it was a where, tour of past tours. Where weird things happened. And the weird things would be like, Someone tugged on a shirt one time. Yeah, someone told me that they heard something whisper by their ear. Mm-hmm. Wow, tell yeah. me more. <laughs> one lady's pen fell out of her pocket. Uh-huh. This is like the level of intrigue we're talking about. <laughs> about, I don't know, three quarters of the way through this, we're like, F it. This yeah, is not a good investigation. This is bad. No one wants to hear about yeah. this. There was like a group of three women who would just react to everything and they'd be misty eyed whenever he'd tell one of these stories. A few times they would scream out. Will you guys go first? Will you go first? I don't want to go first. <laughs> you go in there. You go in there. You go in there. And we'd have to charge in front of them. Kind of got our money's worth out of that. <laughs> I'd say the best part was seeing the propellers. That was cool. Yeah. They just cool looked eerie. Underwater propellers. And you know, the, the whole ship itself has a certain aesthetic with pipes going everywhere everywhere and riveted steel plates and you know old time gauges and counters it's fun to be in there and it definitely feels like a place that you know would be the haunted sort of place yeah and they led us into certain areas like boiler room downstairs uh and we couldn't go across the bridge and that was kind of a bummer and then we went up to the pool you know where this little girl supposedly died even though there's no records of that and we weren't allowed to take pictures there that was kind of a bummer yeah we were feeling at the end like all right that wasn't enough but we found out there was another walk because at the end of the tour yes the tour guide said but you know for the people who are like really hardcore they come out and they use like That's geiger right. counters Ugh. and and we're like why didn't we're like, you That's tell what us we want that one so we go home we check we find out Yes, there is one called the Paranormal Investigations Walk as opposed to the Paranormal Shipwalk. Shipwalk. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously different, Ross. Walk was full of ship. <laughs> we said goodbye to those two hours of our lives. Yeah. And we bought tickets. Sayonara. Now, these tickets were more expensive. More expensive. So if you want to. around 100 75 That's $75 per yeah. person. Yeah. And this is hosted by. A gentleman who doesn't even work for the boat. That's right. He's not one of those tour guide hosts, but he is actually a paranormal investigator from San Diego who has investigated a number of different haunted spots. Yeah, his name is Matt. And And he he gave us a brochure that is not Matt. It is glossy and has... (laughs) He spells out in the brochure a lot of things about himself and his own bona fides, but also you know how to properly prepare yourself for a paranormal investigation. Carrie pointed out to me as we were waiting in a very long line, mm-hmm. no matter what higher power you believe in, you say some sort of prayer of protection before you go in. So we did? We did that. We prayed to our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father in our Mormon tradition. We prayed to Cosmic Master Jesus in our Ethereum tradition. Yep. To the Elohim in our Raelian tradition tradition we were covered we're okay and then we noticed also that you're supposed to wear darker clothing as it creates a neutral visual and so what had i worn bright white shirt bright white shirt rookie mistake yep and yet and i had a black shirt people will find out later in this episode that one of us had more success than the other (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna say which one but maybe (laughs) my cackle will help (laughs) you predict (laughs) it 
the tour was supposed to start at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. PM Ross. And there were all these people dressed as flappers and like 1920s folk for some other event. Our, our guy showed up late. And so he kind of runs in and he says, you guys, I'm so ten sorry. 10 minutes late. Yeah, it was like 10 minutes. He says, you know what? I'm so sorry. Don't worry. We're going to make this investigation go at least an extra hour. I'm like, oh, we don't. No, that's okay. <laughs> you won't be out of here. We won't stop before 1 a.m. Oh, that's <laughs> Carrie and a I, reward. <laughs> Carrie and I look at each other like, 1 a.m. Okay. <laughs> and keep in mind, we've driven like an hour to get there. Right. Yeah. Right. And we have to drive an hour Ooh, to get back. Oh, boy. Okay. So we say, all right, take one for the team. We show up so so they don't have to. And it will be fun, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's just a little late. So we start off. He gives us a little spiel about yeah. uh, investigating. He asks who's investigated in the past. We kind of give him lukewarm answers on that. I said like, oh, no, not really. I haven't really investigated this, which is true. I haven't really. Well, he saw that we stuff. were both holding these nice microphones that right. we use for recording the show. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, clearly you guys kind of know what you're doing. And so he asked me and I said that I've been with the IIG for eight years independent investigations group and i had this kind of moment of thinking like well i don't know if i'm really an investigator and i thought well i guess i'm as much of an investigator as anybody else sure i have done ghost investigations and then he made that point himself he said no one is really an expert, an expert on this yeah. because there's no scientific proof for any of this mm-hmm. and we know as much as we did five thousand years ago yeah which is kind of curious if you consider that so much of it is on voice recordings but still, you know, in terms of what actually causes the that mechanism. Right. Yeah. I thought he was actually quite responsible in how he described oh, I think so too. what we were doing. Yeah. And yeah, it was very level headed and went, oh, you know. Yeah. Clap, clap, clap. Great, Good great, job. great. Yeah. So we go in. We went to the entry level of the engine room. So right outside of the engine room. And he was handing out equipment for people. And this was the moment I'd been waiting for. All right, let's see what you got here. He had these two mel meters i had to look this up later but it's kind of like what you would expect it's uh this box with a little readout screen and it reads emf and that stands for electromagnetic frequency so he was saying the whole theory here is that ghosts somehow interact on an energy level with us yeah the body puts out a a very small amount of energy and this thing can detect energy and and ghosts you know maybe that is why we often experience cold spots because they're pulling energy from Mm -hmm. a room maybe they're interacting with our energy and groups are a good thing because there's a lot of collective energy maybe the word energy was used a lot sure and emf is used like a lot in ghost hunting you always hear about emf meters on ghost hunting shows and stuff there were various knobs on this instrument to kind of tune it i ended up getting to hold it for a while later and trying to put it near light switches and i would change the various levels and i wasn't getting like any okay. any kind I of i never reading. got to hold that one now i'm jealous I, occasionally i would get like some little spike here or there and then it would immediately disappear and i couldn't reproduce it so and to, we had our audio recorders yeah we had our audio recorders and he, i asked what i should listen for and he said well you got amplified sounds so anything that seems anomalous basically mm-hmm. all right he was encouraging people to of course bring their digital slrs and he said well all of you have these smartphones now so don't worry even if you didn't bring anything you probably have you know an audio recorder that you can use and a camera and get get that started you never know what you're going to get and a camera so he was giving all these practical tips also another tool he recommended was the compass Mm-hmm. And uh, he was really impressed. One person had brought their compass. So then he handed out dowsing rods, and I was sorry that I hadn't brought mine because he immediately did a yeah. demonstration with this young woman who had never held dowsing rods before. It was uh, quite obvious. And so he had her do a little demo. 
and tried to talk to the spirit of John yes, Petter. She was holding the rods out in front of her and he was saying, you know, loose grip and everything and, mm-hmm. and don't try to move them. He was giving the whole rundown, which we already told you about in our dowsing episode. Yeah. But then he was asking the spirit of John Petter, if you're here, can you cross these two rods? And to her credit, she was just kind of sitting there looking at them and they weren't really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they kind they of like... wanted to kiss a little half-heartedly bit. Half-heartedly sort yeah. of touched each other. And he's like, okay, not getting a strong reading. Okay, if there's anyone else here, can you uncross the rods? And so again, we wait and they kind of vacillate yeah, slowly. kind of do. All right, okay. we've got some half-interested ghosts. Yeah, they're just sort of like, hey, guys. Yeah, take it or leave it. <laughs> I've been doing... The- you know, th- he does these every night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So this was Sunday. I wonder if by then the ghosts are like, oh, Jesus, he's back again. Oh, right. <laughs> again. Yes, we're here, what Matt. Do you, what do you What's want from up? us? I got a chicken pot pie in the oven. Yeah, he was passing out all this equipment. There was also an EM pump, which is supposed to put out EMF. Yeah, that was confusing to me. Yeah. Yeah, because he was like, if and if they feed off energy, then this is sort of a snack. And I'm like, okay, so right. I guess it must both give off energy and like have a reading on it. Because otherwise there's no point to that. It wouldn't teach us anything. Right. So maybe it gives or, off energy and then says, oh, some of it's being taken. Well, what he was saying was, you know, you just leave it in a spot and it supplies some energy for the ghost to use. Maybe it helps them to materialize right. in some form. Yeah, I guess. And then he had another doodad. That- yeah, I guess you could think of it as like uh, some bait bait for some deer or <laughs> there you go okay. yes yeah. okay. great analogy and then there was uh, another doodad that could measure voltage it was made by some electrical engineer and paranormal investigator and had two little metal rods that stuck out of it picks it up and he put his hand through it and it kind of beeped he said see it can detect the body's energy so we all start walking around with our little meters mm-hmm. and our little recorders and he points out a couple areas that he says have like especially uh, spooky energy people have felt things in them one was next to this exit sign mm-hmm. so i went over there i was there for a while yeah that was right after i had just finished recording there and i was asking questions and uh nothing nothing at least at that time well i went over there and i thought it was fairly spooky over there i kept saying is anyone oh, yeah. here is anyone here is it's anyone a dark here? little corner it is yeah you can see why people get creeped out whether there's synergy there or not so no luck for you either no but you know who did have a good reading who a young couple we came to know and love who will call kelly and jason sure and kelly and jason had the emf meter Oh, yeah. And I passed by them and it was going. Oh. And I said, oh, did you get a good reading? Did you get any readings? We got 1.2 That's in the doorway. Fine. I think it was the exit sign. Though. Pretty, uh, pretty confident. Could have been. Could have, but it might not have been. <laughs> we should mention at this point, we'd all been kind of let go just to freely roam around this area of yeah, the ship. Yeah, we're freelancing this shit now. The, we're freelancing this ship now. This uh, engine area. And so it was fun because you'd kind of run across people trying different things. So as I was leaving that area with the little creepy corridor that's supposed to have all this activity, I found uh, two people and they were using the dowsing rods. And Yes, I think I ran into them too. The woman Very was, seriously? Yeah, and the yes. woman was holding them and she was saying, John... Did you enjoy your time in the military? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That just made me want to chuckle. <laughs> she was saying, do you need any help? Do you need anything at all? Anything. <laughs> well, and then she can I get you cross. some lemonade? <laughs> and then, are you enjoying your time here? If so, 
please cross the rods and indicate a yes. Yes, yes. That's the kind <laughs> okay. of questioning I heard her asking. Absolutely. <laughs> they were from their own paranormal group. So oh, that, were they? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so they were well versed. Matt came over and he said, was anybody up here on this walkway within the last 15 seconds? Oh, that was because of me. No, that was you who did that. <laughs> no, no, I didn't make the bang. Oh, you asked okay, him. But, okay, so I'm walking along. <laughs> do, 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 do. And I hear this bang, bang, bang. And I figure it's probably someone walking, but I mean, here's the weird thing with like these phenomena, right? It's like you hear a noise and you're like, okay, well, if I'm supposed to believe that it would exist in my real experience, right. it's going to sound just like anything else. So do I just question everything? You know. So anyway, there's this bang, bang, bang. And I said, what were those bangs? Uh, that was probably uh, a guess. Was that a guess that just banged their feet above us? Finally, a couple of gals said, oh, yeah, that, that was us. We were walking across there. Yeah, we were there. walking across that oh. loud thing. Oh, okay. Like, oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. Blah, blah, blah. All right. All right yeah. And the answer to that, Carrie, is yes, question everything and trust no one. Oh, wow, deep. I learned that from the X-Files. So after we've done this for a while, Matt starts explaining a very central concept to ghost hunting, which is the EVP. EVP. Which stands for? Electronic voice phenomenon. hey So he brings us all together. All right, class, assemble. Mm -hmm. It's time Mm -hmm. for us to record EVP. So he tells us about this. First, he explains that you may not hear the response from a ghost at the time. And it's not that it's just very, very quiet, but that they may be answering directly onto your recording device. Right. And that is the EVP rather than a disembodied voice. Which is interesting. One of the things that I didn't get to ask him, but I'm curious about is assuming this theory is true. It's been true for a long time, even as the media has changed drastically. Like when we had tape, actual tape, you would assume that the method of getting it on the tape would be completely different right, from the method right. of getting on a digital recording. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? The organization of the, sound, of the magnetic bits is a totally different format. Right. And if it's the ghost of this 80-year-old woman who doesn't know how to work a tape machine or was died before it was ever invented, then how is she supposed to know how to work right. the, the internals of this? You know, I'm actually kind of okay with that point. Because okay. once you cross over, I would imagine... If you survive your death, you she, get all this kind of you extra You get to take, like, and... uh, night classes. And stuff. <laughs> <Blacha>. <laughs> she, she's shaking her fist at me. But he says to everybody... And the first question that comes to me all the time is, well, Matt, how do spirits get their voice on my recorder to begin with? And he gestures to me. And the answer to that question is what? I don't know. Oh, jeez. Usually it takes me about five people to get that answer. He answered it correctly. I don't know. So I got a gold star. Yeah, you're already getting rewarded for being a doofus. For those, That's great. For those following along at home, I'm currently the best. He also uh, reminds us, you know, don't make the rookie mistake of asking a question of the spirits and then immediately asking another. Right. Because. Because. They might be answering you and yeah, you don't interrupt wanna, them. Yeah, I don't want to cut them off. So yeah. Okay, so he's like, so we're going to be talking to any of the of the spirits here in this vicinity. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, we know about John. He starts listing like some other spirits that have been identified there. One's a woman that they call Amanda. There's a little girl who's usually in another part of the ship, but Jackie. you never know. Yeah, Jackie. So he's like naming a few people and he's like, you know, or maybe it'll be a new spirit. So... We're going to ask questions, and what we're going to be listening for is either disembodied voices, which means you hear it 
in the presence out loud in this room mm-hmm. or you might hear it later on your recording and that would be an EVP so we'll all ask a question and then we will be completely silent for a good 15 seconds in case your recorders are picking something up and I think all you know normal recorders that people are going to use are only capturing sound within the range of human hearing and then he played a few EVPs for us yes and wow whoa okay so he had this fancy iPad with this portable speaker that was loud. He was, I was proud like, of it. Yeah, what is this thing? I want one. He would play an EVP for us and he says, now you always play them three times. Mm-hmm. That's just the way you do That's it. That's standard. And and I was impressed. He also didn't suggest beforehand, like, here's what the ghost said. He's going to say, right. But Because that primes you. For someone who doesn't know, like, your brain will then search for those words. Right. And it'll be very convincing. You don't feel like you're doing it, but your brain just takes that extra step for you. So he played one that said john are you back there it was like a yep very clear like the same volume as the person who asked it and so he said that's a class a evp well wait first he said what did he say and we're all like he said yes and then he said okay you've proved it's a class a that's right because class a means not only is it clear but But no one would contest what's being said what's being said right and then there's b and c and i guess those are just reduced amounts of clarity and he said most of them you'll come across as really, you know, faint things. But he had these really good ones. So he played one where there was like a large group around St. Patrick's Day. And the ghost said, Get out! All right, so what was the uh, comment there? Get out. Get out. Or the demand, yeah, exactly. So that's a prime example, example why I love EVP. Yeah, I mean, if they want us out of there, this isn't like a very good sales pitch for me. Yeah, I'm like, right? oh, okay, so dead creatures don't want me in here. Let's go ahead and talk to them. Yeah, you feel like a real jerk just sitting there like, oh, that's so cool. They said, get the hell out of here. Right. Let's keep talking to them. <laughs> and so now it's all of your turns. Yeah. And so he went around and he let us all, he asked a he, bunch of he questions. He invited the spirits to talk to us. Right. He said, uh, we're just students of your realm. He asked John Petter to say hi. He asked John to say the name of the woman who had held the dowsing rods. Do you like it when I show your picture to all these people on the ship, John? No response. It's like, I mean, it's just dead silence. At one point, people whisper, but he calls them out and he's like, that's you whispering, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So imagine double the number of questions that we're saying and then add 10 to 15 seconds of pause after each one. Right. So this is a lengthy process. One young woman, Kelly, who we introduced before, she flirted with him. Oh, yeah. I saw your picture. I think you're really cute. Want to hang out sometime? Mm Mm-hmm. No response. He doesn't care. Someone else asked, what's your favorite beer? And he got this flurry of... of, (laughs) Thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. So it became very clear that he loved questions that would likely have one word answers. He was saying beforehand that, you know, this is a young guy. He died at like 18. Ask him about guy things. Yeah, beer and sports and whatnot. We'll get to what your question is, which is Uh not particularly manly. And he got equally excited. Uh And it seems like he just wanted questions that were really simple that have one word answers that you could easily hear in your maybe i don't think that was maybe? the criteria i wasn't i don't think that's that was what criteria. every single one was he wants him to talk he got about... excited about beer he got excited when someone asked what their favorite ice cream flavor was yeah well that, that was hilarious i thought it was like kind of a joke question what's your favorite ice cream and that got the flurry of thumbs, thumbs up ups. as well i and think picture he wanted like someone hitchhiking but doing it really fast it's like up down up down with the i think he up. liked the personal questions i think that's what he was going for that is not personal okay carrie tell us your your question okay okay next uh why did you stay here instead of moving on 
Uh-huh. Because if someone died and haunts a ship, I think that's a little more relevant than what's your favorite beer. And Matt sat there with his thumbs down by his sides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was my turn directly after yours. And then Ross says, What is your favorite time of day? Oh my goodness, Matt erupts into this like flurry of thumbs. He hitchhikes his way to Toronto at that. He is like, yes, 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 yes. This is the best question. (laughs) He was so excited, like, yes, good job. And I earned another gold star. Yeah, and I... (laughs) You gave me this look like, you asshole. (laughs) look. Carrie is so competitive. (laughs) Because I I knew what he wanted, and I was like, I'm not going to give him that. That's so dumb. And then you're like, oh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Give the man what he wants. Oh boy. So then there were a lot more questions after that. We slowly went around. But the guy next to me, as this is all happening, his little EMF meter thing went off. Yeah. Wasn't touching it. That's that doodad we reminded you about earlier. And And no explanation. Oh, and then he asked, is there a spirit walking by us right now? And then a long pause. And if anybody would whisper or make scuffles or something, he would give them this kind of reproachful stare and then he would mention that just so people listening to the recordings later would know what was going on which is good oh but yes i know what you're gonna say yeah i'm so excited (laughs) this might be the favorite moment he joined for a brief moment he merged brains with us he joined our realm and he said on a scale between one and ten ten being real not very creepy one being not very creepy ten being very very creepy I consider this area so far to be about a two, two and a half on that scale. The next areas we're going to be going for the rest of the night are going to crank that baby right up to about eight and a half, nine and a half. And you and I just looked at each other. Had this moment of... Slowly (laughs) turned. That was awesome. For a second, I suspected, like, has he heard our show? And he's making a reference to it. That was hilarious. That would be great. He invented his own creepiness scale. So he led us over past the boiler rooms in that large area and showed us some catwalks where they'd seen shadow people before. People keep seeing apparitions of a guy in a red shirt with blue suspenders. Oh, yeah. Mario, right? Oh, I don't know if he's Mario. I see what you're doing, (laughs) you piece of shit. Coming out of a pipe. (laughs) Yeah, you know, he kept saying that they're all seeing the same thing, even though they're in different groups. So when I got home, I Googled it to see if anyone's written about it. And it's all over the Internet. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's referenced a few times. So it's not surprising that people might repeat it. I've got to say, visually, this boiler room area is one of the creepiest feeling areas because Mm -hmm. it's all kind of stripped away just to the metal Mm -hmm. And there are these gangplanks walking over these sort of abysses where you can't see the bottom. And again, it's all that rusted steel that's riveted together. And it feels creepy. really high doorways. You look up and you can kind of see through the doorway, but kind of not. And it's like, where does that go? Right. And then when you walk through a doorway, it's very low and you have to duck your head. And everything disappears into darkness. So then he set up this laser array. Yeah. In that area. And he'd said... Well, because there's shadow people here very often, Mm -hmm. well, this is some new experimental equipment I'm working on. It shoots a bunch of lasers, and just think of it as this amazing... It it looked like Peter Pan's flight from Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah, it was like like a planetarium or... Yeah, it's painted the whole surface all around you with these little specks of green light with occasional red light interspersed amongst it. So very Christmassy. So the idea was that we would see any distortions of the light. So that was cool. Yeah. And then he let us... We actually got to go down that gate. Plank and uh, go to the green.
green room. The so, green room. So already now we'd gone farther than we had on our previous tour. Now, if someone knows what a green room is and wondering why it would be on the Queen Mary, it's because Disney had for a little while owned this part of the ship and done little plays right there. Mm-hmm. So they had a green room for the actors. And so, this is supposed to be one of the more haunted spots on the Queen Mary. Right. So when we go back there, we walk in this little tiny green room. I've never seen such a small green room in my life. Right. There were about 35 people on this tour, and he split us in half. So he said, all right, group B, you go off and wander the ship for a while. Group A, come with us. But when we walk in there, it looks, that was like such a scary image to me. It was this table that had a tripod and a camera on it, but... There was a black cloak over it, and for a second oh, yeah. it looked like, I don't know, a head or something. It was just like really creepy to me, and I kind of started as we walked in oh, there. Oh, interesting. And he explained what it was, and it was actually a very clever device. It was a way of, of yeah. listening to EVP on delay. So anything that was recorded a few seconds ago, you can hear on the headphones. And he had all these wireless Brilliant. headphones for us to wear. Yeah, very ingenious of this huh. fellow. And he started asking questions for John Petter and his friends. You, you would start to pick up on his language. He would say certain things like... Can someone give us their name so we can address you with respect? One he used quite a few times was, can you tell us the name of the ship we're on board? Mm -hmm. The Queen. Right. (laughs) He did ask if they celebrate holidays. Yeah, he said, it's Labor Day. And if they follow the calendars. So really hard-headed questions. Do you prefer vanilla or chocolate? That was one of them. (laughs) But we're not really hearing anything. And the whole time he's watching us because he's not on that headphone. So he's waiting for us to like kind of indicate like, oh, I heard something that time. Mm -hmm. Nothing's happening. So he starts saying things like, well, do you have any kind of a message you like to give these folks to show that you exist on your realm? Something that they can take with them? Can you say something to these people, please? We're not getting anything, which also shows there's like no jokers in this group. Yeah, no yeah. one's trying to fool us or play a little trick. There's one hole that's been punched into the ceiling, ceiling of the green room. And so he's talking about how people had seen apparitions up through that hole. You know, me, jokester, I'm thinking, oh, man, for the second group, I should sneak back and like, <laughs> climb up and poke my face in there. Oh, they'll scream. And I'm fantasizing I'll about that. I'll fall to my death. It'll be so great. <laughs> yeah. We walk out. We switch places with group B who goes in. Yeah, so. So now we're just wandering around and I went over to the area where he said that he had heard Amanda's voice. It was like the only woman's voice I think he had mentioned was Amanda. So mm. I went I went over there. I was like, I'm going to go talk to Amanda. And I was like, hey, Amanda, are you here? Hello, hello. Wasn't getting anything. But of course, I'm recording this whole time. So I'm thinking I might pick it up on EVP. And I asked her like if she had anything she wanted to tell me. And then, I, oh, Ross. Yeah. Then I found the super scary corner. There was like oh. this one corner of that room. I actually like I kind of went in it, but I felt it was like really dark and it felt like kind of cold and weird. And I thought, oh, I got to find Ross. I don't really want to go into this corner alone. So I just stood there kind of peeking into it and was like, hello. How are you today? <laughs> hello. Hello. I feel like I shouldn't be here. Bye. I feel like I should go. But then I left and I found you sitting on some stairs and I forgot because you and I started talking to the ghosts together. So I had wandered out into a well-lit area. We'd kind of passed through it quickly earlier, but it had all these stairs. And so I just kind of laid down in an area that he said was pretty active. And I asked questions. I was trying to contact John. I thought, okay, 18-year-old, I know how to get this guy's attention. I said... How many pull-ups can you do? You should have pulled out some boob pics. 
Oh, he would have loved that. Mm-hmm. Except uh, no internet. Well, you should have some boob pics on your phone, stupid. I listened later. I didn't hear anything. Aww. But yeah, you came and joined me, and uh, we sat on the stairs for a while, alternating and asking questions. So at that point, he took us to what might be considered the most haunted part of the Queen Mary. Yes, the first class pool. The first and third class pool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Screw you, second class. Yeah. <laughs> So it's drained, obviously. It's just like a big empty pool. But they said that in its heyday, they would pump seawater in there. Right, it's a seawater pool. I thought interesting, but it would be naturally heated by all these engines right underneath it. Right below it. Clever. You do walk in and it's like pretty creepy, partly because it's all porcelain, so it's like very echoey. It's very chilly. Right. Yeah, it has a cool creepiness to it. Mm -hmm. And in our first tour, the Ed Helms guy had said, don't take pictures for restoration purposes. I was Hmm. like, that's nonsense. But whatever. You don't don't want us to take pictures. I won't take pictures. This time there was no such prohibition. He played some more EVPs for us. Again, mostly Class A. These are pretty right, impressive. Right, they're really good. They're mostly of Jackie, the little girl who allegedly drowned in this pool. Right. Like, she really likes to play. So it'd be people trying to play with her, and she'd say, I'm running. Or they'd finish the Ring Around the Rosie song together. She loves to play little games. Right. Because she's seven. Now, our first tour guide pointed this out, and so did Matt. There is no record of any girl or any person ever dying in the pool. Right. So that's not backed up historically, and the ship did keep logs of that kind of stuff. And then he told us later that this was all from the, well, either imagination or contact of Peter James. Right. The well-known psychic on sightings you guys may remember from 90s television. But my favorite part about that is that the people who were asking him about it said, oh, yeah, you know, there's like amazing videos of him talking to her and she's talking right back and you can hear it on the audio it's amazing and then uh he said well yeah um although peter james was a ventriloquist (gasps) and then they the other two are like oh well okay i mean i guess but like who would do that (laughs) but that really shows something different between me and those people because my immediate reaction is like well we explain that then there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. the only reason we believe in Jackie is because he started right. that story. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think the same with the green room too. I think he was the one that kind yeah, of dubbed that so as a too. haunted spot. I think that's how it came up. But we were told uh, in our first tour that there's this very haunted area back there, and that's where you may be feeling emanations. But this time, we, we got, got to, to go go there, all men. The ladies' changing room. Ladies. Now, I'm not sure where the men are supposed to change. I wondered that, too. Yeah, I don't know. And he told us at the beginning of this tour, they don't let the general public go to the changing room. No way. Though we are the general public. like us. No, we're not. We're ghost investigators. We paid $75 a head. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, he let us go back there for whatever reason. And it was dark. Yeah. And and it it was cold. It is creepy. It is creepy. You know, there's no light back there. No light. So any light you see is something you're generating. And it's this long row of stalls on the right and left, you Mm -hmm. know, a box that you kind of get into no doors yeah there's no windows and no doors it's just bright white but in the dark so he encouraged us all to walk down that kind of central corridor which has this tile cold tile along it and just choose one side or the other and this is where i i I didn't see you so i just like picked the first thing that little corridor that seemed to have space for another person right and i picked these poor two dudes who were like a couple i like oh, yeah, smash in with them and they had been making out and stuff all night so <laughs> i'm sure they were like oh great 
hi. Get, get lost, But at that lady. point, when I realized it was them, I couldn't really be like, oh, uh, you probably want to make out, right? Okay, I'll... Um... I'll keep going. So, yeah, I picked my own little stall over by the side. And so he's starting to tell us that, you know, this is possibly a portal or an energy vortex where uh, energy can potentially travel from their realm to ours and vice versa. Right. And he said sometimes people feel nauseous or dizzy. And I loved it. One girl turns around and says, I'm actually feeling kind of dizzy right now. And he said, that's great. <laughs> Congratulations. And so well, we all took our positions and he said, okay, you can stick your heads out into the hallway, but you know, keep your bodies inside your stall and we're going to try to contact Jackie and her cat. Yes, it turns out Jackie has a ghost cat. They had an EVP of it meowing. Him or her, but yes. Yes. Okay. Come on, kitty, kitty, kitty. Where are you? Why don't you come and play with us? Come on, kitty, 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 kitty. Come on, kitty, 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 kitty. So he started like trying to talk to Jackie, which was actually like really sweet. You can tell this guy loves kids. He's uh -huh. like, hey, buddy, you right. want to come out and play? Hey, are you wearing your pretty dress? Uh -huh. you know, he's like actually very sweet. And so we all creepily sang Ring Around the Rosie because she likes to say the last word in it. So we would sing all of it but the last word and then and she'd Jackie. sing the last word supposedly. Always got to have the last word. Ring around the rosies, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall. Yeah, we don't hear anything, right? But right. we're recording it and hoping that when we go back to the tape, we'll hear her going down. But to his credit, he did mention, he said, if you hear any footsteps, that's probably the living. We are right under a um, yeah. under a walkway. He was making all these sorts of like sort of grounding in reality yeah, statements. Yeah, qualifying statements. About a lot of the stuff he was saying. He's willing to be like, ah, this might not be paranormal. I don't know. Can't say that enough, that he was very responsible. And yeah. he made it clear that he does believe in these phenomena. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he realizes this does not constitute actual evidence. I don't think he'd go that far because he did say later in our conversations when you and I were talking to him and we asked him about the ghost box, which we'll get to later. Yeah. He said that he'd differentiate that between the other evidence he gets from EVP and whatnot. So I think he would say it's evidence. He's just willing to acknowledge like it's not mm -hmm. it's not necessarily scientifically backed at this point. But come halfway with him. There. Right. Sure. But he would he would also state that none of that is conclusive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. OK. My favorite question. Uh huh. Because this girl had clearly not gotten the memo that this child was supposed to have drowned. Her oh. question was, Are you a good swimmer, Jackie? Oh, <laughs> Earlier when we were talking to John Petter, who was crushed by this watertight door, one of the men had asked him as his EVP question, So what happened with you and the door? <laughs> like shooting really? the ship. <laughs> like, shooting the ship. Tell me about your death. Little tone deaf there. Yeah. Yeah. During this, Matt tells people to call the kitty. When I went back and listened to my recording, there is a tiny sound that I think is a woman's voice, but could be a cat. Here, kitty, kitty. Oh. Yeah. If anything, that's a woman and not a cat. Probably. I'd probably guess a woman in our group. I would too. In our group. But maybe it's a cat. All right, I'll have to listen to It's hard to, my... to tell. This would normally be the end of our tour, except Kelly had asked earlier, 
are we going to see the spirit box? It said that in my brochure. And then some other people were like, yeah, it said the spirit box. And then he was like, oh, okay. They print millions of these things. Okay, and then, then we have all these outdated brochures. We don't really do that anymore. But okay, if you guys want to hear the spirit and you box. You can tell he's like not into the spirit box, whatever right. it is. And it is now 2 a.m. So for those of you who want to do the spirit box, we're going to do it real quickly. Whoever wants to stick around. And of course, we owe this to our listeners. We're not just going to leave. Yeah, well, I was saying it's kind of like the supersize me thing you know we're doing this investigation and someone's like you want to go listen to a spirit box you can't say no to that so i'd heard of this before uh, referred to as a frank's box that's right. another name for it and so uh, it's a very bad radio exactly it just it's a little device that quickly scans through radio stations and gives you a little yeah, it's just like when I turn my dial really fast on my radio when I'm driving through a place where I don't have preset. All right. But this one went really fast. So he took us up to the, the prow of the ship mm-hmm. and, and the closest you could get to a collision that had occurred in 1942 mm-hmm. with uh, the Queen Mary and the Kurosawa. It was a major collision that destroyed the other ship. And so we were asking questions of maybe the ghost from the Kurosawa and a regular host of haunts. So he would turn this thing way up, Mm -hmm. super, super loud on that little portable player of his. I was sitting right next to it, and to be frank, it was actually quite annoying, like just how loud this thing was. Oh, yeah, it's like a white noise machine. Mostly static. They add white noise to this on top of it searching for signal. To give energy. Yeah, the the intention is to give something for the ghost to jump onto and talk to you. It's so noisy and unpleasant. It was starting to grate on my nerves a little bit, and he was way more patient with this thing than I would have been. He kept asking questions, and then there would just be this random static. Mm -hmm. He would ask more questions, and I'd be like, all right, we get it. But he would keep going, come on, can you give something to these people? Right. They're all very respectful. And at this point, there's half of our crew now. Most people have left and gone home. And, uh, yeah, we weren't getting anything from the... Frank's box. And he's not pretending that we are, you know? Yeah. Like, this guy will not take a half hit. He's, Again, to his credit. Yeah, oh, for sure. But one of the things he asked, he said, um, does anyone here have a dog? And I said, I do. Yeah. And and then he said, uh, how many? And I said, one. Well, one living and one dead, so one just passed away. Oh, yeah. And so, and he's like, oh, okay. Well, why don't you ask the spirit the name of your dog? What's that? What's one of my dog's names? Somebody give us one of her dog's names, please. Check the records and come back. Right, he just said. He just said the records, which I had to ask about. I'd never heard of this thing before. You never heard of the acoustic record? No. I couldn't believe you asked that question. I was like, I brought the doofus. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm the one who knew what a Frank's box was. Well, you didn't know. No. Because the Akashic Record's been around forever. Little Miss, I always have to be the best. The Akashic Record has literally been around forever. Like, that's the point. Literally? Yeah, that's the whole idea of it, is that it's the record of everything that's happened, you piece of shit. (laughs) But literally would would imply that it really does exist. Yeah. All right. Bold claims. Thanks. He tries to, like, listen for Ella or Toomey's name. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing even close. And Mm -mm. I'm so primed to hear, like, those names. I'm trying. 
Nothing close to them. And you and I are the only people who know what the answer should be. Right. And he just keeps saying, like, can you check the records? Can you check the records? And then he starts getting frustrated. And he's like, just say yes or no. Is that a thing you can do? (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, okay, is there a spirit here who can give us the name of a person in this room? And I swear I heard Juliet, like, clear as a bell. It's on my recording, too. Yeah, yeah. I just heard Juliet. I did not. But no one reacted, so then I thought, well, if someone was named Juliet, I'm sure they'd hear that. Oh, and yeah. so later, I mentioned it, and no one was named and, Juliet. And this box, I think, was scanning the channels way too quickly. Like, it was just a yeah. fraction of a second. It's like, give it just a moment. Right. And then you can string together some weird little tidbits. And it did happen once, where, like, it cut into a couple sounds instead of just white noise, and mm. it went like, oh, duh! Or something. And he was right. like, oh, see, that's usually a hit right there. That's what it sounds like, but this one wasn't. Right. He said it would be very clear and distinct. It wouldn't right. be like, eh, almost. Right, right. So he said he's gotten some cool stuff from it, but he just doesn't think of it as a really reliable tool. So then I asked him as we were walking out, I said, well, so why don't you use that very much? Uh, to get real evidence out of it is rare. It's more of an entertainment piece, I feel, at this point. Okay. okay. Finally, we're like, all right, we all get to leave. Goodbye. This was very pleasant. You've been great, Matt. Thank you so much. We had a really good time because we did. And uh, he says to me, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, can you you just stand over here for a second? Okay. okay. Like teacher is calling you after class or something. So he also held Kelly and Jason afterwards. So it was just the four of us and he waited for everybody else to leave. And he said, I can tell that you guys are actual investigators. And we are. I I just wanted to give you this opportunity. I'm going to, I have to go through and kind of turn everything off and collect all the equipment. So I was wondering if you just wanted to stick around, you know, it would just be like 20 minutes or so, but you can go back to the, the green room and go back to the women's changing room. So again, we can't say no to that. Yeah. It's like being asked, do you want to go into secret underground Disneyland? But for nine hours. <laughs> You're like, well, I guess I better say yes because I want to go in at all. So yes. Right. But, you know, we kind of get pumped up. We're like, all yeah. right. Like we're going to walk Second around wind. Queen Mary practically by ourselves with these other two young people and just chill. Mentally, I kind of zoom out to the Google Earth view of the world and I just kind of pinpoint like, this is Ross. It is 2.30 a.m. <laughs> and he is in <laughs> the belly of the Queen Mary Looking for ghosts. Yeah. What a funny boy. It's a pretty sweet life. Yeah, Yeah. it is a sweet life. So we start walking around. We ask specifically to go to the women's changing room again because Mm -hmm. we're pervs. Sure. We're hoping to see something. Because it's supposed to be, you know, (laughs) super haunted. So we go back there and I remember I walked in and I said, oh shit, it's so dark in here. Oh shit. You okay? Oh yeah, it's just so dark in here. I I can't even. Yeah. Because it got so, it got darker somehow. Oh, did it? Yeah, maybe oh, just some like the, the ambient outside. lights have yeah, been I turned think so. off that were bouncing in. And he had also said earlier, I remember now that this is probably the most haunted spot in Southern California. Right. So. By now, we're each up to like over four hours of recording. We're aware that each of us is going to have to go through every second of this to listen for EVP. Listen to it, turned up as high as possible, listening for anything in the fuzz or the noise. And then we went back to the green room. And we went back to the green room. We started again trying to get EVP. This reminded me just so much how quickly things become old hat. 
mm-hmm. I find that so much in recording this podcast that we'll do something completely strange or extraordinary that you'd bragged all your friends about. Then we do it like at a second or third time. It's like, yeah, back on the gangplank, walking past all the, the laser lights and uh-huh. la di da di da. I just realized how quotidian it was all of a sudden. Well, no, you get used to it. You get yeah. used so to it. So we just casually made our way back to the other haunted spot, the green room. By ourselves in the Queen Mary. And he wasn't just, you know, packing up his stuff and no, doing what he said. At length. Yeah, we were having this real conversation with him. He okay. said something really interesting. My philosophy is that um, you can't investigate spirits and do the kind of work that I'm doing or that you guys are doing and not be open-minded to everything. True, yeah. I mean, you can be critical when you're thinking of certain you mm-hmm. know, things. <laughs> I, I ultimately feel that it's not... It's not meant for us to know. Probably right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, I, I sometimes I think to myself in this field, you know, do we really want to know? I'm immediately like, yeah, I want to know. Right. I want to know how that works, and if it if it does work, I even more want to know how. Yeah, and and mysteries can be really cool, but. But mm-hmm. if you can solve them, even better. I mean, because there will always be deeper and deeper levels of mystery, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, it's not where we're going to run we're out not of mystery. Like, oh, we found out about genes. That's it. Like, we'll <laughs> be working on genetics for the rest of human Right, history. you get a bunch of new questions. Yeah. Yeah, totally. For sure. So we all started asking lots of questions. And we were kind of going around Robin, the four of us, yeah. you and me and Kelly and Jason. And as you mentioned, Kelly and Jason are a pretty young couple. They're probably like 23, 24. Something like that, yeah. They're both like really into it. Like, this is their bag. They love ghost hunting. Right. Right. So we're asking like pretty deep questions and they kind of get lighter and lighter and more playful, right? Yeah. And like you asked one of the ghosts to sit by you. Oh, yeah. And I asked what their favorite book was and stuff like that. Because you mentally visualize these things and it does give you that little, that spooky feeling. Mm-hmm. And just picturing a ghost coming and sitting next to me kind of gave me that little yeah, moment. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, totally. I got that feeling when that guy's alarm thing went off next to me when I was oh. standing next to him. I was yeah. like, oh, wow, if there's a ghost here, like he's next to me out of these 30 people but ross yeah here's where the big news comes in okay so after we had collected all this stuff and went home and reviewed all the material and i listened to five effing hours of recording it's amazing i got to this point in our investigation mm-hmm. 10 minutes before my recording stopped when i felt like giving up because i hadn't heard a gd thing on the whole recording uh-huh I heard my first EVP. And I'll tell you right now, just so you don't get overexcited, that I can't tell what the creature is saying. But it does not sound human. It does sound paranormal. And so far, I've sent it to two audio experts who are looking into it. But both of them were like, yeah, that's weird. I don't know what that is. Do you like French fries? I like French fries. What do you think is being said there? I don't know. Okay, so. Okay, bo. That's yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah. At first, I thought maybe it was something like, that's good or something. Then I was like, no, I'm reading into it. Hold but on. I want to look up I... this moment on my recording now. Oh, yeah. Good idea. Okay. So I did email it to Matt tonight. Hi, Matt. Uh, I was on your tour on Sunday. I just finished going through all my audio. I only had one anomalous noise and I've attached it. Definitely didn't hear this in the room. Did I catch an EVP? And he said... Hi, Carrie. Wow. You are referring to the strong, deep male voice, I assume. Where and when was this recording made? I put the file into Adobe Audition, as had I, by the way, 
and was able to determine the voice has an organic origin, that it came from a human or animal's voice box and was not an environmental sound such as a shoe being rubbed against the floor. That doesn't prove it's EVP, of course. I also slowed down the message, see attached MP3 file, and have determined it is either two syllables or two words, which I think we would agree. I think I know what the first word is, but I'm at a loss on the second. What do you think is being said? Does it connect with you in any way? Oh, good for him. Also, not again, yeah, not didn't suggesting. Suggest it. Wow. But I really don't know what it says. The, oh, actually, I'm going to listen to a slowed down version. Well, I think it's a ghost. Okay. Well, I got it in my recording too. Uh, it sounds pretty clearly. We were sitting in different parts of the room. Very interesting. Yeah. I'm going to keep corresponding with Matt, try to get to the bottom of what this ghost is saying to me. Cable. Maybe I'm supposed to get cable. <laughs> or he's taking Tybo. Yeah, maybe. Or I'm supposed to take Tybo. It's got to be a message for me of some kind. Tybo. Do you like, do you like French fries? Stop eating French fries. Tybo. Yeah. Oh, he's saying I'm fat. <laughs> what a jerk. Stupid I have been trying ghost. to lose at least five and a half pounds still. You like, look great. Well, thank you. you. That was quite the note to end the evening on because that was really at the end of our session. And when I was going through the audio, I was like, this isn't going to happen. And then wow. 10 minutes from the end, I found that proof of the soul surviving the death of the body, Ross. I am convinced. Me too. But Ross, before we get to our rankings and our favorites and all that good stuff, which is going to be effing amazing. Yeah. We should hear from another show on your favorite network. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Click. Click. I listen to Bullseye because each interview makes me really care about who the person is and what they're doing. I have never heard an interviewer so genuinely thanked by each and every one of his subjects. Jesse does a fantastic job of really bringing people out and making them feel comfortable. You can really just feel a kinship. His interview with Vince Staples made me cry. Bullseye, your guide to what's good from MaximumFun.org and NPR. So, Ross. Yes. What was your favorite moment in this whole investigation of the Queen Mary ship of dreams? And it was. It really was. Well, this woman told me I look like David Duchovny, which is the <laughs> That's best. Favorite it's thing my of favorite all time. thing of all time. Um, I'm going to ask you while I stall for time. What was your favorite moment? Well, truly, my favorite moment was tonight when I found that EVP and yeah. felt like I ha- I had made contact with the spirit world. I'm going to remember that forever. I am going to win a Nobel Prize. I hope so. Thank you. I could use the money. He may play that now. He might. In future Probably tours. not, though. It's not as good. And he'll be like, what did he say, everybody? Everyone and they'll all like, say in unison, Gable. <laughs> and he'll be like, that's right. He'll be like, that's right. It's a spirit panda. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to say my favorite moment was getting the thumbs up dance yeah, from him. For, sure. For asking this that ridiculously simple great. question. It was like he was a cartoon of a hobo. And then it was like uh, Elaine and Seinfeld doing the fancy oh, Moses. It was. It's kind of totally like the fancy. And then, and then just seeing that slow burn from Carrie, like you jerk. <laughs> My question was so much better than yours. All right, Carrie, what would you give this uh, on a danger rating? Where one is something uh, not very dangerous, like you just walk down the street and cross a bridge, but it's a very secure bridge. All right. 
been there for a while. Sounds okay. Looks to all apparent signs to be pretty sturdy. And then 10 is something incredibly dangerous. Like you go to walk across this bridge, but it turns out it's like a half mile across a gorge and the planks are missing. And so you have to take very wide steps and kind of hold on to these little ropes. Okay. I will give this one. I don't think this is dangerous. I mean, you know, you can find a way for anything to be dangerous, right? But it's less dangerous than going to Disneyland. All right. I'm going to put it at more dangerous than Disneyland, but still not very dangerous. Uh, Certainly watch your step. You know, you could fall over the railing and fall in the icy cold water with a propeller. All right. I'll say 2.5. Watch your step. All right. There's a lot of metal and low surfaces that you could hit your head on. You're probably right. I did hit my head one time. Oh, see? Look at that. Yeah. Okay. So what would you give it on a creepiness rating, Ross? (laughs) Where one is something not at all creepy. (laughs) Like you go to the Goodwill Mm -hmm. and you're looking through the books and you find an Anais Nin book and you're like, it's like a little racy, but I'm not creeped out. Sure. It's just erotica. And that's a one. Okay. 10 is you're at the Goodwill. You're going through all the books and you pick up one book and you're flipping through it. And uh, it's, uh, it's a book by Jennifer Weiner. <laughs> That's her real name. Is it? The woman who wrote In Her Shoes. Okay. Yeah. You're flipping through it and suddenly there's just one blank page that says, Hi, Ross. And then you, you're oh, like, no. what the hell? And you keep flipping, you keep flipping. And then there's a picture of you as a child waving at yourself. And then you flip it again and it's you as a teenager waving at yourself. And then you flip it again and it's you at your current age waving at yourself. And on and on until it's you as an old man waving at yourself and holding a sign that says, don't do it. And then you keep flipping and it's your own gravestone. And there's people just frowning and shaking their head at it and, and holding up one finger and that no, 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 no. <laughs> way i'm so scared now yeah that's a 10 oh goodness on that scale i'm gonna give this a five you know Mm -hmm. what i'll say six Mm -hmm. yeah because this has all the the earmarks of a good creepy time Mm -hmm. out on the town yeah some places are just deliciously creepy Mm -hmm. and i got that same kind of feeling from the queen mary especially in certain spots that had these stories attached to them or were just really dark and inaccessible and a little run down just on that aesthetic alone uh deliciously creepy one i'll give it a six that's exactly what I was going to give it to. Yeah. Hey. Uh, well, what would you give this then on a pocket drainer value? Where one is something not very pocket draining. Like, you know, you go to the thrifties and buy an ice cream cone there. It's very good ice cream. Whereas uh, 10 is something incredibly pocket draining. You go to buy the ice cream and while you're in there, somebody steals your car. <laughs> oh, shit. You're you come, right. That's you worse. come back out and and you had you accidentally left your wallet in the car and it had everything in there as well. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a three. It's an expensive outing. Don't yeah. get me wrong. This is way more expensive than going to the movies. This is a movie plus dinner plus another movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they make no effort to bring you back. I mean, other than you having a good time. It's right. not like they're a bad business, but they don't like try to hook you. You don't try to get anything else out of you. The gift shop is closed. Uh-huh. I mean, this is a one-time deal if that's all you want. So even though it's 75 bucks, I'm going to say a three. Yeah, I, I agree. Though I'd say, you know, we really got our money's worth. Mm-hmm. We ended up, yeah, instead of right. a two-hour tour, we were there for five hours. Yep, we left right. a little after three. Good point. And well, 75 divided by five. 15. 15. Yeah, 15 bucks an hour. Yeah. Eh. 
And our host was incredibly gracious and did a fantastic job. I think he handled that about as responsibly as anyone could. Mm -hmm. So I'll say I got my money's worth, but it registers definitely. It's a a high ticket item. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to take your date out for a really good evening. She's into that sort of thing. This is the way to go. I'll say two. What would you give this on a pseudoscience rating? (sighs) Where one is something not at all pseudoscientific, something scientific, right? Mm -hmm. Like that when you were in your mother's womb, you had gills you basically were a fish so you're suggesting that ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny no because those are just enormous words you're referring to the broader claims of evolution by natural selection oh well that's well founded vis-a-vis evolution vis-a-vis charles darwin (laughs) vis-a-vis ben stein vis-a-vis Expelled. Hitler is responsible for monkeys. That's a one. All right. <laughs> a 10 is something very pseudoscientific. Like your um, your elbow is made of the, uh, what do you call that stuff that comes out of a goat's pee-pee? I'm looking at my elbow. Oh, um, uh, goat's sperm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Your elbow. And you know what? Your whole, your whole body is made out of the pee-pee juice. Oh, goat pee pee juice. Oh, wow. That's a 10. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say generally ghost investigations as we know them uh, rank really high on the scale. Mm-hmm. They're adopting a lot of technologies, but not quite using them for their intended purposes. Right. Anything that could create variable readouts was pressed into service. So, yeah, yeah, you've got all these old blinking meters and you don't know what they're actually measuring. And, right. And that's being interpreted as evidence of a sort. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a classic high pseudoscience rating for this but i'll say that our host i'll give him a four because i think he used all the proper qualifying statements to kind of put it in context yeah my impression from tv and maybe that's not fair Mm -hmm. is you know that they would be more just sort of willing to be like oh sure any noise is probably a ghost he ruled out most of the noises as from natural origins totally kudos to him absolutely so if you want to go on the queen mary paranormal tour do it why not we give it a vigorous thumbs up yeah the weird dancing (laughs) hobo dance (laughs) well i guess that's it for our show i'm carrie poppy I'm Ross Blotcher. I don't think we usually say our names when we did this time. So just a reminder, I'm still Carrie Poppy. Our theme music was written by Brian Keith Dalton. And our show is Mm co-edited and produced by Ian Kramer, who recently got married. Yay, Ian and Haley. Yeah. And you can see pictures of our investigations by going to facebook.com slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. And here's the thing, you guys. Here's the thing. Our show is very expensive. We're doing okay, you guys, but we do need more support than we're getting. So if you have any money to spare, please go to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate and select us as your favorite show. That's really important. That helps us get your funds. We really appreciate it. Really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And remember. It's V, right? V, W, X, Y, and... What's that very last letter? It's your favorite letter, I think. Z. That's Z. Good girl.
I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm Jordan Morris. The federal government has millions of dollars in programs and opportunities that you need to seize today. You're a taxpayer, right? Well, then you've got it coming. Thanks to Uncle Sam, you can get grant programs for veterans. Postage stamps that'll ensure your mail gets there in a timely fashion. Fruit for you and your family. Child care for your children that turns them into super soldiers. Get a million dollars to open your own lake. Useful power tools that are easy on your soft, delicate hands. Your own personal radioactive brick. More sexual attention from everyone at the used bookstore. Greyhound tickets. Soft, gentle kisses from TV's John Goodman. A real narwhal. Athletic socks filled with stew. A valuable pamphlet on millet. Your father's approval. Don't wait right now. For all of this and more, drop us a line. Jordan Jesse Go, 123 iTunes Street, or wherever you download podcasts. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.